The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Forum with your host, Seema Vasa. Our program is designed to bring you business tips and success stories directly from the people who are making it happen. If you could use a little motivation and a lot of ideas to help you and your company move forward, stick around for the next hour. Now, here is Seema Vasa. Welcome to the forum. I am Seema Vasa, your host. Today, we have a really interesting lineup. We have two entrepreneurial featured stories. Uh, our first guest is going to be Adam Tishauer, who is the CEO of Camp No Counselors. It sounds like a fun place. Their motto is play like a kid and party like a grown-up. He'll share his experience as well as share a little bit of ex- his experience as he was featured on Shark Tank. The second part of the show, we're going to be talking to Tim and Shannon Swindle, co-founders of a game called Utter Nonsense. They raised money successfully on Kickstarter and just recently got their product distributed in 1,800 Target stores. So that's no small feat as well. But let's start with Adam. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I love the name of your of your uh, company, and it just exudes fun. Tell me, how did you come up with this concept? Sure. So, uh, Campo Counselors started where I was actually uh, running a, a different tech company based in New York City, and like any early stage startup, was working a lot. I was working nights and weekends, and whenever sure. I had a free moment, it was spent networking or at a work dinner. And I got run down, and I just needed a break from it all. Um, I went to camp growing up. It was always the thing that I looked forward to all year long, and it was just that escape from it all. And so I decided, as a, a, I was in my 20, 29, turning 30 years old, I decided to rent out a summer camp, invite my friends, and just disconnect from everything, <laughs> including our phones, including work, and just have fun with my friends. And sure enough, word spread through friends, inviting friends, that 90 people ended up showing up. And we had the time of our lives, and I just knew that there was something more than just a weekend party. That sounds great. And so when you did that first escape or first camp session, if you will, did you know you wanted to start a business, or was it really just to escape from you know, the hard, grueling schedule you were, you were having as being an entrepreneur? Yeah, there was no intention of starting a business at that point. It was strictly just let's organize a fun weekend away um, just to reconnect with my friends. I hadn't seen them in a while because any free weekend either was a networking event or a wedding. You know, I was turning 30 years old and so all my friends were getting married (laughs) or a bachelor party. And uh, it was just a tough, it was difficult to gather all my friends. Um, So there was no intention of it becoming a business. Um, it didn't make any money off of it. It was just uh, any, any sort of money we made, we invested back into the weekend. So we got a sound system and then we rented buses so everyone could kind of drive all together right. to the camp. And, and, and sure enough, it was just a life-changing experience, obviously not just for me, but for the whole group of people who came. 
That sounds like a lot of fun. And and what at what point were you inspired to say, hey, listen, this is this probably could be a business that that it could be a business, and it's something that you wanted to actually do. Sure. So we did the first camp, and it was amazing. And I made all these new friends. Um, and about six months later, the whole group wanted to do another camp. Um, and sure enough, I, I decided to to go ahead with that and rent out another facility and, and spread the word to those people who came and, and they spread the word to their friends who, who missed out on that first opportunity. And it was at that second camp where it was more people and even a, a larger scale activation um, where a group of people in the entrepreneurial community who were my friends came uh, up to me and said, Hey man, this is absolutely amazing. Can you organize one of these for our group of friends? And when there was this other group of people who I didn't really know all that well who were influencers in the tech community saying that they wanted to pay me to organize one for their group of friends, well, right there, there's a business. That's right. It was already validated. And, and yeah. how long has the company been around? How long have you been doing this for? Uh, that first camp weekend was in September of 2013. So we're okay. coming up to our four-year anniversary. Great. And, and how many camps do you have now? Uh, we have 16 locations. Uh, this year we'll be doing somewhere around 35 to 40 camps. Um, wow. All across, again, 13 of the locations are in the U.S. and three are in Canada. So all across North America. Very exciting. And uh, when you started, uh, when you launched the company, how did you fund the business? So it's a it's a unique business model where we, we you know we pay a deposit to rent out the camp facility months in advance, um, right. and then we open up ticket sales. And so it, it's almost self funding where we bring on the capital up front through ticket sales, and we're able to fund the business that way. That's a nice business. You don't have any major overhead expenses at all. Right, definitely different from most startups out there, especially my previous company was a hardware company in the music space, and so it required investment and it required, you know, inventory and uh, right. all the things that a typical business does. So this was a really nice uh, change up from that where we were able to self-fund it through ticket sales. That's fantastic. And, and, I, and I watched the YouTube video of you on Shark Tank. I know... Um, many people would want to know, how do you actually go about getting on Shark Tank? And tell us a little bit about how, how, what inspired you to try to get onto Shark Tank. Sure. Um, I, I think there's a lot of different ways uh, to get onto Shark Tank. Um, first and foremost, they want you know, a wide range of different business topics to discuss. So they're not only going to talk about apps or talk about food products. They want a, sure. a wide range. So it's good TV. Um, and then... In general, they want to make good TV, less about if the company is going to work and be a, you know, a unicorn or if it's going to you know, be a huge failure. They just want a wide range uh, of different things, so it's exciting for viewers. Um, for me and my story, they actually reached out to me. Um, they have a production team that looks for, for companies, and they said, hey, you, know, you seem like an interesting business that we've never showcased on, on the show before. Would you be even interested in, in coming onto the show? Um, and and I had That's never flattering. thought about. Yeah, it was very it was very exciting for sure. Yeah. Especially because these were it was in the very early days of the business, 
Um, so to kind of get that validation from something is on the grander scale of Shark Tank was amazing. Um, and, and so I, while I did need to go through the entire application process and interview process and video resumes and all the same thing that anyone who's just applying online goes through, I, I did have kind of insights from their production team, which was uh, very helped with confidence in general, like, hey, you know, they believe in me, so I can believe in me. Um, right. But also, but also, you know, it, it, it was a lengthy, uh, intensive process to still get on the show, even when they were, you know, reaching out to me. Right. And how long is that whole process? I mean, how many hours did you have to put into it? Would you say if, if, some, if a listener is interested, you know, if they were to allocate some time towards that process, all said and done, how much time would you put, would you say you put into it? Sure. So uh, well, from initial time they reached out to me to shooting mm-hmm. of the show was about six months. And okay. then from shooting of the show to airing of the show was about 11 months. So it was oh, almost wow. a year and a half all in from yeah. initial, uh, you know, introduction right through to airing of the show when you see the, the impact to your business. So that's, that's a long, a long time window. And I think mine was especially lengthy because they wanted to air my show at the beginning of the summer, which was at right. the end of their shooting or their season. season. Um, so, so, you know, it could have been a, a, a you know, a three month turnaround, but for me it was much longer. Um, but in general, uh, you know, it starts off with a video. So you need to apply online and create a, uh, you know, fill out their application and their questions and whatnot, and then make a video submission. And right. for me, that video, video submission, you know, obviously took a little bit of time, but it's probably, you know, about a week's worth of work. So definitely worth it because the potential is huge. And then you wait and you're silence for a couple months where they're reviewing all the different applications and then they'll reach out to you if, um, if you are going to move forward. And then there's more videos and more things that go on after that. But it's definitely worth that initial application and initial video um, because it, you know, once you get past that hurdle, uh, it becomes real. And there is a, you know, a higher likelihood I think they mentioned that for my season, which was the seventh season of Shark Tank, um, that 44,000 companies um, actually applied and 120 ended up airing on the show. That's amazing. Congratulations to you just to, you know, get on the show. That's low odds, which is, you know, quite amazing that you got on. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was definitely an amazing uh, experience. And and once you do well, let me ask you this. We'll we'll talk about the actual show experience and what happened there. But uh, did you see a spike in your business once it aired? Did did you get more? Did you get the business benefit of being on national television um, for your business? Definitely, definitely, yes. So um, not only did we, you know, while the show was airing, did we see the, the web traffic on our Google Analytics go through the roof, and you know, right. and then for the few weeks after it was still, you know, they had syndication and people watch it on uh, DVR or watch it through the, you know, the, the app. So, um, yes, we definitely saw that, that, that spike. Um, we also saw a spike in, in registrations and ticket sales in general, um, which was fantastic. But 
our business is interesting where, you know, it's a five or $600 investment that, you know, ticket that people need to buy. Uh, right. People typically go with a group of friends. So it's not just you making the decision on your own. It's you're having to convince your friends or spread the word to your friends that this, this exists, this experience. Right. Whereas, other Shark Tank products are a, a $20 necklace or a small object that you can impulsively buy that's not a huge decision that you don't need to convince anyone else to do alongside you. So it's usually a longer sales cycle for right. uh, a, you know, a weekend getaway with your friends that has a high ticket price. Uh, and so for us, we can continually see the residual effects um, up till today, you know, where a lot of our campers say, well, I couldn't go to a camp last year when I saw the show, but now I finally get to go experience it. Right. So the sales cycle is a little longer, but it doesn't mean if they didn't purchase exactly around the time of airing right. that you've lost that sale. It, it, it'll continue exactly. for another time that it might work for the consumer. That That's exactly right. And so... It's, it's just interesting to, ca- to try and track that. So in our registration yes. process, we ask, you know, how did you hear about Camp Dow Counselors? And one, one of the, an- the drop-down menus is Shark Tank. And we still are seeing, you know, very high numbers of people who um, either heard about it on Shark Tank first or it was, the business was validated because they saw it on Shark Tank as right. well. But either way, it's, uh, it's definitely um, continues to pay dividends um, just from gen- a general public awareness standpoint. Yeah, it definitely. Was, it's validating altogether. Uh, Adam, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I would love to just hear if you could share with our listeners a little bit more about kind of that exact time that you were on stage and, and how you, what your mindset was as you were thinking about uh, the negotiations with the Sharks. Sure. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Don't fly blind. Blink Insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions. We have walked in our clients' shoes and understand their challenges. We will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions. Blink Insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to The Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, 
please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity-2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to the forum. I am talking to Adam Tischauer, who is the CEO of Camp No Counselors. We were just talking about his experience on Shark Tank. And Adam, you were saying that the process, in fact, the odds of getting onto Shark Tank are incredibly low. So it's an amazing feat that you actually were on the show. It aired. And can you tell us a little bit about the process of pitching and when you were on stage and what you were going through as, as people kind of share different perspectives about your business. Of course, of course. So definitely in the weeks leading up here, you're, you're preparing pretty hard, making sure that um, not only you, you know, your, you know, your pitch, which is that one to two minute point at the beginning of the show, but you can also ask answer um, confidently a wide range of questions uh, especially with the intensity and intimidation of the sharks, the celebrities, right. the lights, the cameras, everything going on. So you need to know your business inside and out. Um, so while I, you know, focused heavily on learning my pitch, the majority of my preparation was into knowing my business inside and out, being able to confidently speak about all different aspects from the numbers to the marketing to the projections, to every little aspect. And so, uh, you know, you know, having friends of mine who are in the venture capital space or who have vetted businesses before, who have pitched businesses, those are the people I were meeting with in the weeks leading up so they could try and poke holes in, in my business model um, so I could hopefully defend them uh, in my preparation. That's great. And so you almost did a role play in terms of trying to prepare that, for, for the actual pitch. That's exact. That's exactly right. So we we just practice not only in my office by myself, but practice in front of people uh, as well, trying to to uh, pitch my business to them as, as if I were you know trying to raise money from any venture capital company. That's fantastic. And and so I, if our audience does not know, tell us what exactly happened um, when it was your turn to pitch and and the feedback you got. Sure. So, uh, first of all, I was in the, the tank um, mm-hmm. for just about an hour, um, and then they edit that down to seven to ten minutes. So, uh, you're, you're in the tank for as long as it takes for a deal to happen or not happen. So, there's no, like, specific time frame. Um, gotcha. They said deals have taken or shootings have taken uh, hours before, and other ones have taken ten minutes. Um, so, so that's an interesting thing on its own. Um, and for myself, I went in, I gave my pitch and the general feedback was extremely positive, which was very cool to see. They, they were saying, it's a brilliant idea. So cool. So nice. So neat. This doesn't exist. That's awesome. How can we help? And they said, there's two reasons why we invest in businesses. One, uh, is, you know, we can provide expertise in your space that you're in, or two, uh, we can provide the capital um, that you need. And Mm -hmm. they, for for my unique case, they were like, we're not experts in the summer camp for grown-ups business. That doesn't exist yet. You're the expert. And they were saying, because of your your, your, your strategy and your business model, you're making all the money up front, so you don't need extra capital. So how right. can, what's the, our unique skill set that we have that we can help you? 
And in the end, they believe that, you know, the business model on its own and without their expertise could be very successful. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, in the end, Mark Cuban made, was the only person to make an offer. And he wanted his offer was for a larger chunk of the business than I was willing to give up. Um, and so in the end, we did not uh, strike a deal. Um, but it was amazing to, one, have that experience. Uh, but two, to get that validation once again, where they were all blown away by the, the business itself, by the model, and by the fact that it was creating a new category that doesn't exist out there, um, right. and were very positive in their feedback. That's fantastic. I was always curious, do, do you get time to think about the deals in between? Like you said, it was an hour. Uh, mm-hmm. when, they make, when they make the counter offer, do you have time to think about it, or is it kind of on the spot you have to decide? It's on the spot. So they're rolling the entire time. Um, okay. What you see is what you get on the TV show. And obviously they edit it down, edit down certain aspects to make sure that it's exciting TV. But there's, there's no time where the cameras stop rolling or you have time to sit there and think. Um, right. It, it is really, you know, it's really fast-paced, high-paced. And, and the most nerve-wracking part is that they talk over each other. So while uh, on TV it appears like there's only one question, you know, being asked, it's like four people coming all you uh, at you at once. At you one time. So there's a exactly. So when they make an offer and you may need to make a decision, it's not just as simple as uh, a one-on-one conversation because there's the you know the four other sharks that are also want to have their voices heard. Sure. Yeah, that makes that I, I could imagine that they they seem to come firing with questions. Um, and exactly. we probably don't fully appreciate how many, uh, since it's a, it's a longer show, but uh, I think you painted a picture for us. I can, I can certainly imagine that. Well, um, I, curious from your perspective, do you have any regrets or are you happy with how things turned out? In the end, I'm, I'm quite happy with how things turned out. Obviously it would have been amazing to be working with someone like a Mark Cuban, um, right. on a, you know, on a daily basis or whatnot, or as part of your team. But in general, uh, it couldn't have asked for any, anything more. We've, you know, the business has grown exponentially with the show. Um, and, and so just that experience alone has been, you know, change, you know, game changing for us. Um, and, and to go through something like that and come out positive on the other side is just, you know, it couldn't ask for anything more. That sounds like a great perspective. And did you end up having to raise money? It sounded like you didn't 100% need it. It wasn't like you were going to run out of cash flow. Uh, but I'm curious, did you end up ra- raising additional money elsewhere to kind of continue to scale the business? No, I mean, I really listened to the Sharks and they their, yeah. their thought, process was, thought, thought process was that, hey, you don't need to raise any additional money. You guys are doing a great job. Um, and, and so in the end, I did not decide to raise any additional money. Um, and the business has been flourishing ever since, which is great to see. The reason why we went on the show was to raise capital and have them, uh, you know, be part of our team so that we could grow even faster. We right. wanted to get into more markets more quickly. But in the end, I think taking it, you know, one step at a time uh, has proven to be successful for us because we really can spend the needed time in breaking into new markets thoughtfully and creatively in each one uh, with a different kind of a marketing campaign rather than trying to just spray and get everywhere all at once in the same way. Right. You could be much more methodical, it sounds like, and think through right. creative options. That's exactly. That's exactly right. 
So, so what's next? When you think about next five years, next three years, what, what are your business goals for your business? Sure. Um, so there's a lot of the efficiency things, you know, where we have camps across North America. When you look at it on a map and you see 16 locations, we really have a good fill of, of locations where people can, can drive to at least one camp um, for right. the majority of America. Um, so that was our first goal is how, how do we get our brand out there across the country? And now that we've done that, it's about how do we make the business most efficient? So, you know, it's almost like a music tour where we have our infrastructure and we set up shop and we throw our weekend experience and then we move on to the next location and pack it all up and ship it over right. to the next location. It would be much more efficient if we could do two or three camps at one location rather than having to ship it uh, off to the next location. So how do we really look at the efficiencies of the business and tighten things up even further to make it more profitable, to make it more sustainable, um, to make it more impactful. And, and, you know, a lot of the time we do only have one camp in a particular location. And sure enough, they, you know, our average age is 30 of our campers and, and they have a wedding that weekend or, or they right. have, you know, some sort of other commitment. So if we can do two or three weekends in a location, those people who really want to go to a camp will be able to. That's a, that sounds very logical. Uh, 30 is a busy age, right? Socially as well. So there's lots it, of options for people. <laughs> that, that's, exa- that's exactly right. So that's, that's one big area. How do we make uh, the business more efficient? Um, and the other area is, you know, our, our mission is to enable adults to create genuine friendships through shared experience. And that, you know, definitely happens at camp. And it's phenomenal to happen at camp. But now I'm starting to think of how can we fulfill that mission in other ways. So are there any other verticals over the next few years that we can build out that are an extension of of that vision uh, while keeping the mission at the forefront of our decision? So we have campers who've come to, you know, three, four, five camps, and it's amazing and fun, but we need to innovate. We need to keep them coming back more. Exactly. And so can we create another experience or a different, you know, activation that is as impactful as summer camp where they are leaving with tons of new friends and a smile on their face and amazing memories, um, but in a different space. And so, you know, we think a lot about how do we retain these customers that Mm -hmm. love us, love our brand, love our experience, um, but give them something new. Fantastic. It's it's nice to be in the business of making people happy and um, having them, having people have fun. It's, it's a great concept. Great idea. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Adam, we really appreciate, I appreciate you being on the show today and sharing your story. It's, it's very exciting. I want to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners how they can find you and learn more about your business. Sure. Well, we are Camp No Counselors. Our website's campnocounselors.com. We have information, videos, all of our uh, available dates for the fall. We have over 20 camps going on between mid-August and mid-October this fall all across the U.S. and Canada. So I I definitely encourage you to go check out our website, campnocounselors.com. And then also check out the hashtag on Instagram, hashtag campnocounselors, and you'll see what actually happens through our campers' eyes uh, at the weekend experience. That sounds great, and we look forward to having you back on the show in the future. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. My pleasure. 
When we come back, we are going to have a uh, another entrepreneurial story. Brother and sister Tim and Shannon Swindle. They will be sharing our sharing their perspective on raising money on Kickstarter, and as well as. Uh, sharing how they got into a national retail store so quickly. So stay tuned for after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. Don't fly blind. Blink Insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions. We have walked in our clients' shoes and understand their challenges. We will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions. Blink Insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to The Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity-2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to The Forum. We have our second entrepreneurial story today. I have Tim and Shannon Swindle, both are co-founders of a game called Utter Nonsense, and I believe brother and sister as well. Uh, they are going to share their story today with us regarding Kickstarter, getting getting launched into Target, and much more. So welcome both of you to the show. Thank you for having us, Seema. Thank you. So Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Great. Fantastic. And by the way, thanks for sending the game. It was a lot of fun. We enjoyed playing it. Tim, I was going to ask to you, uh, why don't you, if, if you could just share your story, how did you guys come about um, developing Utter Nonsense and, and, and coming up with the concept and, and bringing it to fruition? Sure. So the game originated um, uh, really over a decade of, of playing something similar uh, with friends and family up at uh, lake houses and uh, where we would take uh, two pieces of paper and everybody would write an accent and a phrase on a card and we'd go around and you'd pull one from each pile and everybody would have to take their 
their shot at trying to say it. And um, we just had a lot of fun playing it. And, and, and really, uh, in January of 2014, um, I was with a friend of mine, and we were uh, having a drink, and we were thinking about, you know, just different business ideas. And we had played another really popular uh, game called Cards Against Humanity. And, you know, we had this eureka moment where, hey, you know, the game we've been playing that we've just been kind of, you know, writing on a piece of paper, uh, we think, you know, we could turn that into something. And uh, so set that day forth to uh, develop the game and, and, and you know, really you know, recreate the brand and the concept and the name and everything else around it. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a six-month sprint from January uh, to, to July uh, where we did, you know, decided to do a the Kickstarter route and, uh, you know, launched in, in July 2014. Wow, that's so exciting. So it was right in front of you, the concept, for many years, and then it kind of hit you and said, you love this game. Why not develop that as a formal formal game in itself? That's kind, yeah. of, that's kind of neat. Uh, and, and was the fu- primary funding source Kickstarter, or did you guys put money in on your own or raise money from other people? Yeah, we did. We 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 had developed uh, – sorry, we, you know, we were funding it in terms of – you know, when we first started, we we thought we were funny, but we got we really realized we weren't as funny as we thought. So uh, <laughs> we're like, we need help, um, and so reached out to our network and and hit up different friends that you know were either trying you know struggling comedians <laughs> or uh, you know writers out, you know trying to make it as writers out in L.A. that we knew from college. Um, right. So we just kind of reached out to our network and. Um, um, asked them to help provide content, and you know we did we did pay them. Uh, we also you know hired a graphic designer to help us with logo and the branding. You know, so we came out with those um, you know th- those costs out of pocket, and then really you know we decided to do the Kickstarter to fund the manufacturing, the first manufacturing run. Gotcha. And was this something that you guys both approached on a full time basis, or was this kind of a uh, you know nights and weekend project until it formally got launched? It was definitely, definitely a passion project, nights and weekends. Um, yeah. You know, the time I was building a software company, um, and so uh, that was the main, you know, my main job. And, uh, right. you know, most of my time was spent on that, but then, you know, getting home at the evening and working on this until the wee hours. Um, and it started off just kind of casual, but then I think as we started to mention it to people and tell people about the idea, we got more excited and felt like we were on to something. And so that just drove our enthusiasm and wanting to work, you know, harder and, and, and more aggressively on it. Exciting. And did you guys do any validation outside of your network on, on the on the game itself? I mean, you, you talked about the fact that your family played the game with friends and stuff, but you know, it's always interesting when you talk to people that you don't know and you're excited about a concept and to kind of get their feedback. Was that part of this process? It, it, it wasn't, and that was something that um, that's something I strongly believe in: uh, product validation. And uh, okay. you know, what, what what we we just I guess felt because of the fact that it was something we had proved, um, you know, in some way, shape, or form, the concept by playing it with family and friends over the years. And it was right. very authentic because at no point were we ever considering trying to turn it into an actual, you know, company or business or um, game. So right. I think that just gave us, gave us enough confidence to, you know, to, to move forward. Gotcha. And, and tell us about Kickstarter. I've had so many people, you know, it's either you love it or there's some people who just say, wow, you spend more money raising the money than actually, you know, like the work and the time and the, 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 
the overall investment when you look at it is, is more than the money you actually raise. Now, I don't know that to be true or not, but I'm curious what your experience has been. Yeah, it was not um, for us. I mean, so we had a goal of, you know, $15,000 and we raised a little over sixteen. So it, it wasn't, you know, one of these massive successes like you see with like exploding kittens where they're raising millions right. of dollars. Um, that being said, I, we we were realistic, I think, about our, um, you know, about what we were using Kickstarter for. Um, right. It was... It was, it was a marketing play for us. I mean, we wanted to, I, I would almost say that was kind of our market validation was, all right, you know, we, we've, we've committed to spending a certain amount of money ourselves to bring this thing to market and let's see if other people agree. And the, and the proof would be in the pudding if, you know, other people decided to buy it. And so, you know, we decided to, you know, launch it, had a fairly low threshold, um, which we were fortunate to make, but really right. just getting outside of our network because, like you said, you know, we had had um, all our friends and family that were very supportive, but we wanted that unbiased opinion. And I think, you know, I'd have to look and see, but I think it's over over half of our backers were completely outside of our network that had never, you know, we've never met or heard of us. That's fantastic. So that was, Yeah. And and so was there? Did you were you familiar with Kickstarter? Was it was it a a, a big learning process to actually do a Kickstarter campaign? So, so I think that's the well, you know, it's it's changed since we did it. So it's it's a much bigger platform than at the time when we launched. Um, I mentioned Cards Against Me earlier in the, in the call, and 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 that was really a um, they, they were definitely influential for us. And so we'd kind of seen the blueprints that they had and they did right. Kickstarter. And so, and so that was like, Oh, well that worked for that card game. Like why, you know, it should why work not for do us. It? Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did have, you know, we did our, our homework prior to launching and we reached out to people that had run cam- campaigns, both successfully and not. And, okay. you know, I think there's a misconception to uh, people that run them that think it's like, Oh, I'm just going to come up with this idea. I'm going to throw it up on Kickstarter. And next thing you know, I'm funded. It's definitely right. not like that. I mean, you have to execute with military-like precision. I mean, there's just there are a lot of tricks and things like that that you should be um, that you should be employing before you know even launching. I mean, pre-marketing, you know, getting it out to you know trying to do some pre-PR so that right. the second you hit the green the green go button, it's it's you've already got all kinds of momentum because it's definitely right. a momentum play. It's a it's a planned it's a planned launch meaning you don't launch and then wait and see and react it's more proactive it sounds like Exactly. So Shannon I know that you've been very involved in the grassroots marketing and PR side of things was did you play I'm sure you did uh it, you were probably vital in kind of getting the PR out there for the Kickstarter campaign can you tell us a little bit about kind of the specific tactics that you focused on yeah, well, actually, I was brought on full-time after the Kickstarter campaign was funded. Oh, and, gotcha, okay. Uh, Tim and Dave, Tim and, it, it got funded, and they reached out, and they realized they both had full-time jobs. They're <laughs> like, we need some help. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they approached me, and at the time, I was working in higher ed. I had no background in PR or gaming or retail. Interesting. And, <laughs> yeah, and um, I took the risk, and it was, you know, I tell everybody it was probably the best decision of my life. Um, That's fantastic. I, I didn't, you know, I, I literally, I tell people that I got my master's from Google. <laughs> because yeah. I just started searching, you know, how to do PR and PR tips, and Tim basically said, just reach out to people who write about games, and so right. I did. And, you know, I researched people who write about games. I reached out to them. 
And we were very fortunate to be featured in um, a publication called Toy News in, from the UK. Right. And we didn't really think anything of it. <laughs> um, and we didn't really realize that this is a trade, like an industry publication that lots of buyers read. And lo and behold, um, so the Kickstarter campaign was funded in about um, at August of 2014. Um, our backers had their games like in their hands by Thanksgiving in November, and yep. then um, we, a, a buyer from Target, approached us in January, just a couple months after we launched, because they had read the article in Toy News from the UK. That's exciting! <laughs> so, wow, you must have. Kind of I can't even imagine getting that email or phone call when somebody from Target's interested. I can't. I, I can't tell you how excited I was. You know? <laughs> it was actually. I, I saved it and printed it out. I'm going to frame it. I, <laughs> it I, I would too. I did the same. It's not, it's, that's no easy feat at all. Uh, and from from the time that Target says they were interested, I I, I definitely want to learn more. But um, specifically in terms of what that what that looked like in terms of action items. But how long was it after they said they were interested before they carried it on the store? Before you got it on the shelf? So they approached us in January. Uh, we had a signed contract, I believe, in March, and it was officially available on the shelves in all 1,800 Target stores nationwide in August. That's so amazing. actually, it was one year. One year, we, you know, the Kickstarter campaign was funded in August of 2014, and we were available in every Target store nationwide in August of 2015. That's that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, we are incredibly <laughs> grateful. <laughs> and and are you, do you interact a lot with Target now as, as the product is on the shelf? Is there a lot of back and forth review, understanding of sales, uh, you know, point of sale data, what's selling through, how often? Are you getting that type of data from them? You know, I can, I can take that one. So we, we are. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it, it, it's highly unusual for a game right out of the box to, to uh, be accepted into Target. Typically, they want three to five years of market validation um, right. before they bring it onto shelves. And the buyer took a huge risk in bringing us on. And, um, you know, because of that, you know, he, he had, for, for himself professionally, he, he had a lot of risk on the table. And sure. this has become, and it's been successful, you know, this is something that I think he takes very, you know, a lot of pride in. And so it's sure. very personal for him. Um, and this has started a little bit of a trend within Target where, you know, they've accepted since then more games that are, you know, don't have that, you know, that, that period of, of market validation. Um, so we, we are, uh, we've become pretty close and, and, you know, we can get into it more later, but we just launched our second edition of the game um, uh, this past June, uh, family version. And, you know, he was, you know, instrumental in making that happen and also, you know, helping us out with, you know, different ideas of things that they're seeing from their side that we could help, uh, that we could implement into the game. That's fantastic. So, When we come back, Tim and Shannon, we'd love to hear a little bit more about that target relationship, but also love to get your take on uh, games. You know, it's it's rare that you see kids these days playing games, and uh, it's so, I have two girls, and we still play Scrabble, we still play board games, but I'll tell you, we are definitely the anomaly in our our community, so we'd love to understand your perspective on, on where you think the market's going. Uh, Stay tuned for the break. We'll talk more to Tim and Shannon and hear their story about their game, Utter Nonsense.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Don't fly blind. Blink Insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions. We have walked in our clients' shoes and understand their challenges. We will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions. Blink Insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to The Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity-2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to The Forum. We're talking to Shannon and Tim Swindle. Both are co-founders of a game called Utter Nonsense, just recently recently distributed in Target, 1,800 stores nationally, as well as, you know, they funded the the game through Kickstarter. So lots of good things that have occurred here for this team to be successful. And before the break, we were just talking about how kind of physical product games are, it feels as if they're unique in this day and age when so many kids are playing with digital um, games and apps and stuff like that. So curious from your perspective, you know, where, where is the market going from a gaming perspective? Well, we believe that um, you're going to see, you know, an, an increase in social gaming because there are so many people who are, you know, parents are worried about their kids having too much screen time. People are addicted to, you know, their devices. Right. And we really... The whole, actually, utter nonsense was created and designed with the belief that sometimes you just have to turn off technology and gather around the table with your family and friends and have fun together. So we're, we're really big believers in, you know, the social gaming, and we hope to see that trend increase, you know, in the future. That's great. And are you seeing it play out on, at retail? Is, are sales hitting the targets that you, what you had anticipated? Tim, I think you said you work directly with Target and, and the buyer in terms of the data yeah, coming so, out. Yeah, so we're you know we're in our third year of of, of existence, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the game continues. The original game, which is um, is more of a, call it a rated R version, and yes. um, it's soon to be rebranded as the Naughty Edition, so that there's no uh, confusion as to which one <laughs> you're buying. Um, and um, so, so that game continues to see strong sales. 
uh, we're very excited with what we just launched, which is the family edition, which is, you know, meant for, you know, anybody ages 18 to however old, you know, it's grandma playing with their kids and grandkids. And, um, and so certainly that, that market, if you could imagine is, is quite a bit broader than our, our original game, which is, you know, again, more of a kind of an inappropriate type of sense of humor that you have to have adults, uh, exactly. And, um, so although we're only, I think, you know, three weeks into uh, sales for the new family edition, um, it's, it's trending north of what our original game is. Uh, so I think it's about to surpass uh, shortly in terms of sales. That's, that's fantastic. And what's the price point for the game, out of curiosity? Yeah, it retails for uh, $25 uh, oh. at Target. Okay, great. And and when you think about the evolution of the brand Out of Nonsense, will you have a family of games that will, you know, continue to feed the social gaming kind of non-digital type activity? Or what, I, better said, what's the next step for you guys? Sure. So, so I, I think absolutely. I think what we've proven with the launch of this new version is that uh, the game has legs in terms of taking the concept and, you know, coming out with different versions. There could be, you know, for instance, like a Hollywood edition. Uh, there could be a Disney edition. Uh, maybe there's like a true kids edition that's meant just for little kids. So I think we're seeing that the uh, the concept can play well with a variety of, you know, going after a different variety of uh, versions. Um, there's also talks around, um, you know, there's, uh, interest from producers in LA of turning this into like a game show of sorts. Uh, so we'll see. That's a little pie wow. in the sky right now, but um, there are you know advanced conversations along those lines. So um, yeah, that's exciting. And are you both full time in the business now, or Tim, you still have the full time job, and uh, Shannon, you're working on this full time? Yep, I've been working on this full time for um, the last three years. So okay, I guess as soon as yeah, as soon as the uh, game was funded on Kickstarter. I've been with the company um, since then, and we're just, you know, now we've got these two additions out, and as a mom and former teacher, um, I helped develop the management um, of the family edition, and was able to, we were actually able to reach out to different moms and dads who are professional writers and comedians to help um, write the content for the game, and even my six-year-old son contributed. contributed oh, that's so nice. So. Yeah. It's kind of fun. But Tim mm-hmm. is also recently um, full-time. I guess, Tim, you can talk about that. Yeah, so the software company he was building um, was acquired uh, last July by LinkedIn. Um, oh, so okay. So no, no longer have um, those responsibilities and have, you know, now turned on uh, full-time attention to, uh, to the game. That's great. You know, that's another, I would say, success story here where people, you know, start companies as passion projects because they have to still pay the bills and to then be able to pivot and become a full-time focus. It's, it's quite amazing because those, that, that pivot is quite hard for people to do. And so congratulations on that. That means you guys are doing things right. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. We feel very lucky that we get to make, you know, we help people laugh for a living. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great feeling. I I can imagine. And how is it working with your sibling? Who wants to go first here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I'll I'll lead it off. I, I, you know, I, I, love it. I mean, you know, having, um, somebody who I trust and respect so much, um, you know, especially while I was working full time, um, just sure. to know that 
somebody is going to care for for this as much as I do, um, right. and not have to worry about it. Uh, it's been invaluable, and obviously with what she's done from not only uh, you know helping operations side of things, but particularly from the PR side of things and getting us you know pub and getting us recognized out there. Uh, you know, it's been fantastic. That's great. Well, thanks, Shannon. Um, I guess my turn. <laughs> yeah, I, we're a really good team because we have different strengths. He's, you know, an idea guy. He's an entrepreneur. He's really good at strategy. He's always thinking, you know, what more can we do? How much better can we be? <laughs> and whereas I'm a little bit more of, um, like, detail-oriented, and um, I, I focus more on, like, keeping the business running day-to-day. Yep. And... Um, so I think also with the creation of the family edition, it ended up being a, a wonderful working relationship because I was constantly looking at the content from a standpoint of a mom, like, is this going to be appropriate right. for kids? And Tim, as um, he doesn't have children, but he's a fun uncle, and he wanted to make sure that the, the material was going to be appropriate and fun for adults as well. So that's we great. think that we just have a great, a great mixture, <laughs> and that's why it appeals to so many different ages. Um, it's honestly like we've gotten great feedback from people who have played the game already this summer on social media, and everyone says that like our whole family had fun. We have we have a that's friend great. who has um, she's a grandma with forty five kids, and wow. like forty five grandkids, <laughs> and um, you know um, they had kids playing it from like it, sorry sorry. I, I wanted to just wrap up here. If Shannon, if people wanted to follow you on social media, where would they find you? We are on Facebook and um, Utter Nonsense and Instagram, Utter Nonsense Game, and Twitter. And our website is www.utternonsensegame.com. Thank you so much. Are, thank you. Uh, Tim and Jenna, thank you so much for sharing your story. We truly appreciate it, and we look forward to following up with you in the near future. Excellent. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Take care. And that wraps up this episode of the forum. We had some really good fun today. We talked to two entrepreneurial teams that really focus on providing fun for people, which is a nice place to be when you're an entrepreneur. You're making people happy with with a purpose. So if you want to continue the conversation, follow me on Twitter, Seema Vasa. I'm on Facebook as well and LinkedIn. Look forward to having you guys tune in next next week on the next episode of the forum. We are so glad you've joined us for the forum. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time with your host, Seema Vasa, on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we talk again, have a good week.